For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in, so if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship or someone to upset Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs, you need to go to betonline.ag. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casinos as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. I'm your host, Polina Edmonds. Today I have a very special guest. She is the 2017 national champion and 2018 Olympic team member, Karen Chen. Thanks, Karen, for coming on today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So let's talk about your experience at the Olympic Games. How was it and what were your goals going into that competition in 2018? I honestly want to hear about your experience, but I will talk about mine. (laughs) Um, We'll do both. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, I felt like it was just a whirlwind. It happened so quickly, but I just remember being there and being in a way overwhelmed. So much was going on. I was so used to just competitions where it was just figure skating Um, and to be at the games where there was just so much going on. All the winter sports was there. And so I felt very overwhelmed, but I was also extremely excited seeing, seeing the Olympic rings everywhere I went. So exciting because it was my dream ever since I was young. Um, And so that whole entire experience was something that I'll never, ever forget. I totally relate to that. When I went in 2014, it was exactly a whirlwind, especially being so young the weeks just flew by and I was really only in Sochi for a week, but the process of flying to Europe and training and that took about three weeks and I wish I could go back and just slow it all down and really take it all in because when you go and you're young, it just, everything is so exciting and overwhelming uh, in the best way. And then it's gone. (laughs) Oh no. Yeah. But Definitely being a part of an environment of so many incredible athletes in all different sports was definitely the best part because you really felt the sense of community and this sense of respect, no matter what age you were, no matter what country you were from, what sport you were doing. It was just a universal family feeling of, oh my God, we made it and this is our moment. So yeah, I... I love the Olympics. I will always love the Olympics yeah. after that experience. Yeah, cool to hear that you had a similar <laughs> feeling with it. <laughs> so after the Olympics, you went to college at Cornell University. 
I was super happy to hear that you were exploring your education in college. It's so awesome to see other skaters valuing that and putting themselves in a position for a successful future, you know, regardless of where skating takes you. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about uh, university, obviously before the pandemic hit, because that changed a lot of stuff. But what were you studying in school and how is balancing your course load slash college life with training? It was honestly extremely tough since I was homeschooled all through high school. I was just so used to skating being priority and like whatever my skating schedule was, I just do school in between. And to have that completely flipped was unheard of for me. I was like, I don't know what this is, <laughs> but I, I kind of figured it out. During fall semester was really rough. It was just hard for me to manage a schedule and then figure out where I could skate and when I could skate and when I could go to the gym. And of course, load, I did the minimum. Um, I just took four classes if I wasn't uh, skating, I was like studying. If I wasn't studying, I was like at lectures. I don't even know how I did it. Uh, but once I got through fall semester, took a lot of trial and error. I, spring semester was a bit better also because there wasn't Grand Prix or there wasn't travel or anything. It was just nationals and done pretty much. Or oh, and then four continents and then done. So it was a lot easier and I was really excited for spring semester actually mm. because I was like, oh my God, I don't have to worry about training. It's off season. I could go like have more fun with my friends and I have to live it myself. And then obviously <laughs> the pandemic hit and then I went to Michigan to spend time with my brother and my mom and just quarantined at home, <laughs> which was good for my grade. So I will say I had nothing to do. So I was just like studying the whole entire day. <laughs> so my grades were really good then. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh, that's that's really awesome. So what would you say pre-pandemic was mm -hmm. the biggest challenge of college and skating, if you could pick one thing? <laughs> oh, one thing. I think it was just to manage it all because I kind of have a perfectionist personality. So I'm like, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it well. So in my head, I was like, okay, I got to like do well on my exams, but also be in like my tip top shape for my Grand Prix and competitions and just like stay in shape. And it was just really challenging. Like I realized that not that, not that it was impossible. It was just really hard. And um, so I would say that's like definitely the most challenging yeah, thing. Yeah, absolutely. I think any student athlete would agree that the time management aspect of balancing both your courses as well as your training and competition, that's a huge factor whenever you leave school to go, especially because for mm -hmm. something like skating, it takes a week, right? Yeah. You, you know, you got to fly there, you have the practices, the competition takes multiple days and then you get back. It's not just a day or two of classes. It is the full week, which for college, especially because you're on a semester system, the course is a lot shorter than high school or middle school year long, the same exact class. Um, so yeah, it's definitely challenging <laughs> for a lot of student athletes, but yeah. that's cool to hear that you were trying to balance it all. Did you live on campus when you were at Cornell? Yes, I, I live campus. Um, I was in a really old dorm, but I had a single, so I didn't have to worry about roommates or anything, which gotcha. was like good and bad at the same time, I will say. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. me too. When I when I started my first year at Santa Clara, I also had a single to help me with training because I didn't want to have to risk, you know, anything with having a roommate that 
had completely opposite schedules as me and stuff like that. Um, So I was really lucky to be able to have the opportunity to have my own room. But I remember hanging out all the time with the girls on the second floor. I was on the first. So I was always just on people's couches upstairs hanging out with all these different kids. And I remember that was (laughs) probably my favorite part of going to school that first year. And then the entire four years was meeting so many kids from different spheres of life. I agree with that. Kids who knew Mm -hmm. nothing about skating. uh, And we could talk about literally anything but skating, which is so different than growing up in the sport where that's kind of all you hear constantly, especially for you probably being homeschooled, right? So it's a huge culture shock to go to school and all of a sudden be surrounded by so many kids your own age. Yeah. Did you join any clubs or organizations when you were there or you probably didn't have time? No, I didn't have time. I did join the figure skating club though. Hey, that's something. <laughs> <laughs> that's something. Um, I actually, I I was so happy that I did decide to join the figuring club because I met so many people um, through the club too. And a lot of these skaters, you know, they just, they just want to skate. And as part, some of them was part of their PE. Others, they just grew up skating a little bit, not a lot, definitely not competitive. And it was really fun to get to know the skaters. The only thing that sucked though, was I missed a lot of club practice because it was so late at night. It's like a 9.30 to 10.30 PM. And it was always on like Monday and Wednesday. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays, I had an 8 AM class. So I was like, there's no way. <laughs> it was kind of sad. So I only made like, Aww. I want to say like 10 yeah. club skates. So yeah. Wow. That's so cool. I wish that my college had a skating team. That would have been so fun to meet other people with my passion, you know, because um, there's some other schools, obviously, in the Bay Area that have skating clubs, but they don't usually come to San Jose. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't really see that many college students. But I did see on Instagram, there's a U.S. collegiate account that's been made for skating, which is super exciting. I feel like it needs to be highlighted more and there should be more of a college community for skating. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's definitely mm-hmm. exciting. There was a rink on campus too, right? So you could just go train. How did that work? It didn't work because the rink was all for hockey. I mean, we're used okay, to that, gotcha. right? Like in the yeah. Bay Area, everything's for hockey. Right. <laughs> you don't get a lot of ice time. Mm-hmm. So I ended up having to skate at another rink that's like 10, 15 minutes away from campus. So I would drive there and skate. And on weekends, I would have to drive like 30, not actually 30 to 40 minutes to another rink to sort of skate. But the sessions were just, it was nothing, nothing like here in Colorado, like not like a training session, just like a typical public or freestyle session with like a lot of skaters and such. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Did you have to do like Zoom lessons for coaching or did you have someone that you worked with out there? I didn't have anyone I worked with out there. I actually didn't really do any Zoom lessons with Tammy because I felt like, I don't know, I didn't really think it would work. So I was just kind of like, I'll just kind of figure out myself and see how it goes, which kind of worked and kind of didn't. It just was really hard training by myself. I will say it's just very hard to not have my coach like yell at me every now and then because sometimes I feel like I do need that little shock like I need her to yell at me because the moment she yells at me I'm like okay 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 I'm gonna fix myself (laughs) but yeah (laughs) that totally makes sense I would imagine that it'd be kind of hard to push yourself you know without 
another person watching because it's not only somebody to kind of yell at you and get you to do things, but it's also having a fresh pair of eyes look at you because obviously we can't see each other or we can't see ourselves when we skate. So having someone else watch and give you those constant corrections are pretty necessary. And also that training environment. Like I just came from Colorado Springs, which I was so used to sessions with top skaters, basically. We're all doing triples. Like it's such a great environment. And then all of a sudden I was isolated with either a lot younger skaters or sometimes like ice all to myself. Um, And it was just something that I didn't really prepare for. It's, it's so interesting to hear skaters with different preferences for skating environments because some completely thrive off of the high energy adrenaline packed sessions. Like you're talking about Colorado Springs, like so many high level athletes, so many triples on all over the sessions, but then some skaters really prefer to have a very low key training environment where people really aren't there and they can just Mm kind of coast along. That that's so funny to me because I used to be like that. Like I used to be like oh I like skating by myself like I thrive under that and then like I like flipped a switch and I was no longer like that anymore it was so weird because I used to be that kind of skater it was like oh I I don't really care who I'm on the ice with like I'm just doing my own thing maybe because I was like juvenile or something but definitely as I got older I was like okay the people around me matter because it impacts my mood <laughs> I resonate with that uh, especially as I got older going to college, skating in a rink without other high-level athletes. That's something that I was always doing when I was growing up. But then once I took a break and came back and I was trying to get myself going again, it was definitely difficult to find that daily motivation to like be better every day rather than just come and try to get to a specific goal but when I actually had Nam Nguyen come to our ice rink back in February this year Mm -hmm. and I remember watching him skate and he was like doing triple axles and all this different stuff and I was like oh (laughs) that looks so easy oh my god I need to skate (laughs) with you know other skaters who are doing this that kind of inspire me to be like all right it's not that hard like you can do it so that was actually something pre pre pre-pandemic I was hoping when I was still training to go visit different Mm -hmm. ranks and then kind of put myself in those training environments uh you know even just a week at a time it's like come to Colorado (laughs) I know exactly but the altitude (laughs) is just too high I can't do it no but once you get used to it I think it's better it gets better and then when you do a program that's not an altitude you'll feel really good maybe do what do you ever really get used to it though I don't know I'm skeptical I just but now but now with the masks it's 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 definitely challenging to skate with that Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's like twice as hard. Yeah. It was like after quarantine, getting back on the ice and wearing a mask while skating in altitude because I didn't spend my uh, quarantine here. I was in Michigan. I was like, oh my God, I feel so out of shape. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, there's there's no place to get you back into shape like Colorado Springs, I can say. That's true. That's cool. Okay, guys, really quick, I want to tell you about this awesome company I'm partnering with, Viome. You can find out what foods and supplements are right for your body with their health intelligence test. It looks at your gut microbiome health, your cellular health, immune system health, and more. I'm super excited. I just received my testing kit. It's super simple, and I can't wait to get my results back. Seriously encouraging you all to try out Viome. It's so cool and it gives you personalized information and resources for your individual health. Order your test on www.viome.com and use code POLINA at checkout. That's P-O-L-I-N-A. 
I can't wait for you guys to get your results. Well, post-pandemic then, obviously a lot of changes happened uh, with this year. Where are you now? Colorado Springs, it seems. Um, And so how are you dealing with skating and school? So I am taking a gap year. Well, when it first started and I was quarantined and I was just focused on school, as I talked um, about earlier, I realized that, okay, if I'm going to be good at something, I need to like give that something more attention. I can't expect to do two things that require all my attention. And so I was like, okay, let's just focus on skating for this year. And I want to make the Olympic team again. Uh, After that first time making, I was like, I didn't embrace that moment as I should have. So I was like, okay, I kind of want to see if I can go again. And so I knew that's in the back of my mind. Um, And that kind of triggered my decision to take two years off of school and just focus on skating. And yeah, and I'm really thankful that Colorado, the rinks are open and I've been able to skate and train and things have been okay. Like a pretty normal skating schedule. The beginning was a bit rough, but now we're in a situation where the schedule is manageable and everybody's getting enough ice time. That's really good to hear. Also, it sounds like a really smart decision, especially as everything is so up in the air with what schools are open, what's what's going on, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z, um, yeah. and taking the time to focus on skating. I think there couldn't be a more perfect time. So kudos to you for making that big decision. Mm-hmm. Thank you. It was a tough one, I will say, because I loved it on campus. That's why I think uh, when COVID hit, I was like, okay, if I can't go back to campus and enjoy the full experience, I might as well just focus on skating and not have to pay full tuition to just sit on the couch and do my schoolwork. Totally get that, 100%. Mm-hmm. So what are your plans for this upcoming Olympic cycle? Obviously, you want to make it back. Let's let's talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> A good question. I feel like I'm that type of skater that really just stays in the moment, sets like short-term goals. I don't like to let myself think too far ahead. And also this season has been really weird for everyone with all the virtual competitions and, oh, Skate America was able to happen, but it was, it's different than any other Skate America. Now there's nationals coming up and potentially world's So at this moment, I know that nationals will be happening. And so, okay, focus on nationals, getting my best there, and then moving forward to see what competitions will happen and then obviously move on to next season. But I do think that, at least leading up to Olympics, I'm thinking about keeping my long program because it, I mean, I only got to skate it like once at Skate America and then once at nationals. So I felt like there could be potential longevity there because I don't have to compete it so many times so that's definitely one thought I have and the other one is trying to get a triple axle it's been my dream ever since I was really young and so I'm hoping I can get it within the next two years because I know the older I get I'm not gonna be able to land triple axle when I'm like 50 because I want to get it before I am not no longer a skater and so I was like okay now's the time to do it I'm getting older And so right now, since I'm 21, I think I can still manage to pull things together. So we'll kind of see how that goes. Oh, that's so exciting. Have you like already started working on it? Or um, is this kind Mm -hmm. of a new goal that you set for yourself? I've been working on it on the harness for quite a while, on and off, on and off for the past like two years or so. But 
ever since I came back to the Springs to train, it's, I've been able to work on it more consistently because the pole harness guy that I'm used to is here and he could put me on every single day. Um, and it's just a matter of getting done. It's really scary. I will say, um, it feels, it always feels so good on the pole harness, but the moment you're off, it's like, I don't know where I am. And sometimes I'm like sideways. I'm like, Oh, ouch. <laughs> oh my God, it sounds so scary to me. I, I remember yeah. trying triple axle on the harness for fun, just randomly <laughs> when I was maybe mm-hmm. 13, 14, um, if I had extra time during my lesson, we were like, oh yeah, let's go do a quad style. Let's go do an axle on the harness. And it just yeah. felt like you were spinning forever. I like, yeah. I couldn't figure oh. out how the guys would do it. Like, you know, because mm-hmm. they, they do it so comfortably. And so for me in there, I was like, I don't know when I'm going to land. I know it's so easy for the guys. And I'm like, why, how I don't understand. Um, and in a way, I'll, I almost wish I started working on it when I was younger, because I feel like I'm at the age where I tend to overthink a little every now. There's just so many thoughts in my mind. And so with those thoughts, sometimes there's fears. I'm like, oh, I don't want to like fall and like, hurt myself or break my arm or something. And so in a way, I, I wish I started when I was younger, because I know when I was younger, my coach would tell me to do like triple, 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 like do six triple loops in a row. I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go try. Like, I don't have a doubt in my mind. But now if my coach is like, okay, go do like triple loop this side, triple loop, triple loop, triple loop. I'd be like, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's scary. So, but that's, that's, it is what it is. And I'm just, I just hope I get it. I'm going to keep working on it. That's, that's a really cool goal. Um, wishing you luck with that a little bit. Hopefully, <laughs> you know, you. don't have too much fear. Um, I would have lots of fear just being, I'm <laughs> only a year older than you, but my body just would hurt. Like, I don't think it would ever recover. So <laughs> sending you good vibes with that. <laughs> I feel that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate it. You know, watching Skate America, I, I feel like you have a really great opportunity to make the next team. And my advice to you would literally just be stay confident and consistent with yourself. You know, you're such a strong and powerful skater and you got the artistry. So full package is there. I personally don't think it's super necessary to try to get any bigger jumps, you know, with the axle. I think trying to maintain that triple-triple combination would be really good to keep your competitive edge. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see how you do moving forward and Thank good you. luck for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> I know your brother Jeffrey is also, he's ice dancing, right? Um, how is he yeah. doing? So he's in Michigan. Who does he mm-hmm. train with? He is training, uh, his coach is Igor. I think he's been there for a few years now. I want to say two years and with his current partner, Katerina. Cool. Oh my God. Well, I what, what's it like having a skating sibling? I've always wondered because my brothers do hockey. Yeah, I know. Um, but it would definitely be, it would be weird to have one of my brothers skating. Um, weird in a really good way, as in it would be cool to relate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, what's that like? I mean, it's different now because I feel like we don't skate together. Back in the day before he switched to ice dance, we would skate the same sessions. It felt, it feels like so long ago, but I remember it was kind of, it was kind of nice to have somebody on the ice with me, have my brother out there with me, because I remember back then I was kind of traveling from uh, Bay Area to 
LA to skate at Riverside. And it was just nice to have someone I knew because I was in a completely different environment. But then once I made some friends, then it wasn't so weird. Uh, I just know I'd always make fun of his skating because I, I was like, I'm better than you. So like, fix your jobs, fix your spins, <laughs> work on your footwork, like boss him around a little bit. But now I can't a, do that. What's a big sister for? <laughs> I know. Now I can't do that because he's an ice dancer. It's like two different, it's almost like two different worlds. And so if anything, he makes fun of my skin. He's like, your stroking's bad. You need to stroke like an ice dancer. I'm like, but I'm not an ice dancer. I'm like, you go try a double axle. You never could get a double axle. Exactly. You guys can, you guys can try to trade skills here. (laughs) Well, currently quads are super popular with skating. You know, we've seen that wave Mm -hmm. uh, in the last five years with both men and women. It's crazy. What are your thoughts on it? Um, Because kind of like my perspective on it is keeping, you know, the skating skills and the beautiful choreography and programs as the highest, you know, standard of quality with jumping and, you know, keeping the triple triple combo. It's more of like a universal every country was doing that before um, rather than, you know, only select countries now are doing quads. So as a strong jumper and artistic skater yourself, like what is your perspective on the topic? I think I definitely agree with you on that. I think skating is more than just the quads. So I was really happy when, I don't know which when they did this, but when, because um, I remember it used to be you can backload your uh, program. You could do as many jumps as you want in the second half to try to maximize your technical score. Um, but now you can only do three or the last three jumps will get the bonus. And so I was really happy when they made that rule so that I wouldn't have to back attempt to backload my program and backload my combos because now I could just backload the last three and just get the first four out of the way. Um, but back to the topic about quads, I think, I think it's really great that uh, people are pushing the boundaries with quads, but in a way I wish, I wish there was a way to make it more balanced. Um, and so it's not just about the quads, because at this point, I feel like it really is just about the quad triple axles. Um, and nobody's really, nobody's giving the same attention to those quads with like the mm-hmm. spins or like the choreography and whatnot. It's interesting, but I do know that like all sports are evolving. And I know that figure skiing is just going to keep evolving. We'll see what it's going to be like the next few years. Definitely. No, I, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. I think the quads have kind of become this main focus point in programs to the point where you're only watching the jumps and the rest of it is like, right. when's she going to jump again? Um, which, yeah, to yeah. me, I just, I remember, you know, growing up and watching skating and it was about the skating. Yeah, they would hit, you know, the jumps, like your biggest trick was at the beginning mm-hmm. of your program. It was amazing. And then the rest of the program was, you know, still super entertaining to watch. And now it's it's definitely shifting. So I hopefully we start to bring that back uh, into the balance point. Um, but no, I, I liked what you said about the backloading thing, because that's something I recognized, especially in 2018, like specifically the Olympic champion 2018. She had like her entire program backloaded and to me it was so bizarre because it's physically just I can't imagine how they do that (laughs) but also from a watching standpoint I personally would rather see a huge like perfect quality jump at the beginning of the program and then you know the rest of everything like sprinkled evenly throughout rather than backloading all of your jumps at the end and they're all so much smaller than they would be 
if you had done it when you had a refreshed body at the beginning. Um, so I, I'm glad they made that change because I think it's important to keep the quality of the jump rather than just putting it at the end where you're more tired, but it's, it's more tiny. Does it make sense? And more points. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Gotta do it for the points. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting, but your career similar to my own started at a young age. What do you think about the age changes that they're proposing, you know, making the age requirement 17, 18 rather than 15? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm not opposed to it. I think it's a good thing. Are they changing it just for the senior competitions? Is it just for the Olympics, like for worlds and senior competitions? Is that what it is? I'm sometimes really like behind with news and whatnot. (laughs) I mean, they haven't made this yet. It's just like a speculation Mm -hmm. that they came up with. Yeah. But uh, I think it would just be for international competition. So yeah, World's Olympics, senior um, for men and yeah. women. So it yeah. wouldn't just affect one category. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be more fair. So we won't have like these 20-year-olds competing with like 15, like f- five years is a pretty big gap or potentially even older. And so it would, I think it'd be more fair because once you're like 17, 18, you're like considered an adult. But would it be as exciting as it is now to have that age gap and have these newcomers that are 15 16 that get on into the senior circuit and everyone's watching them because it's exciting to have young skaters as well so I don't really know it would be really interesting if they do make that call yeah I've been asking pretty much everyone this question so it's it's super fun to get everyone's take on it Mm -hmm. ultimately like my opinion on it is that I I am for the age change I think they should raise it just knowing the difference between athletes and their bodies before they start to develop and then after and I think 17 18 is a more fair way as you were saying of getting people on the same page because there's a difference between a 20 year old competing with a 15 year old versus a 20 year old competing with a 25 year old you know there's still that age gap is the same but their their bodies are developed differently. And so personally going through that being the 15 year old skater, and then also, you know, trying to skate at age 20, it is such a different ball game. And so I think Mm -hmm. it would be good, especially because when I was on the field at 15, I wasn't being judged in the same way as the 20 year olds. So yes, I had the capabilities, I was able to compete at the Olympics. But at the same time, I wasn't on the podium because I lacked that power that somebody in their 20s has, right. And that's something that I knew and understood. But now we see such a wave of girls, you know, 13, 14, 15, who are all on top. Like we were saying earlier, it's all about the jumps. It's not really about the skating anymore and the power and the the quality of everything. So I think the age change could be a good thing for skating to kind of keep the integrity Mm -hmm. of the way it used to be. (laughs) Yeah, that that makes perfect sense though. And I, I do agree with what you're saying. Yeah. Well, I'm really proud that the U.S. has a lot of strong women in the field representing Mm us. So again, wish you the best of luck in the future. And thanks so much for coming on my podcast today. Thank you. I had so much fun. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Please subscribe to my podcast. Give me a rating. Give me a review. I love hearing what you guys have to say. Let me know what you think about this episode and follow me on my Instagram. That's where I'm promoting this. My username is at Paulina Edmonds. And yeah, keep telling me who you want me to interview, what topics you want me to cover, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.